Carlito. Oh, Manny, surprise, surprise. <laughs> we are back with Jim Carrick and part two because we were having too much fun and way too many stories and we still need to hear more stories. Uh, how do you want to? I want to. You know what? I want to ask you, Jim. I want to ask you. It's <laughs> <laughs> a long list, brother. <laughs> Is there going to be a third and fourth no, part to this? <laughs> no, no. We eventually got to go home. What exactly is your job? <laughs> Tell us what exactly is your job? Because I'm sure you've had some clients ask you that, huh? What do you, that like? That's the craziest question, man. Like, well, what is it that you do as a, as a general contractor? What is your like? I mean, we've been told that we're babysitters, we're psychologists, we're therapists. Wow, we're marriage counselors. We're so you know true. what I'm talking about? What exactly is your job, man? That's you know what? That's we're all of those. We're all of those. Hundred <laughs> percent. It doesn't change. No. Over the decades, no. it hasn't changed. I would get you know. I'd probably throw babysitter to the side, psychologist for sure. For sure. Marriage counselor, for sure. For sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Your yeah. guys can be really affected. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, renovations, what? Probably number three on the list for divorce. Is, is that actually a fact? Divorce does? It's, yeah. Yeah. And you can see it. And that's living through it. That's when the shit hits the fan. What is it? They just don't jive with each other? They won't, Like, no, I've had those clients mean. where they want to build two different kinds of homes on the same lot. <laughs> one for her, one for him. What? Yeah, because she wants it one way and he wants it in his way. You have such eccentric customers. No, I'm just saying they're just. <laughs> I, 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 there, I, there are those clashes for sure, always when it gets the design stage. You know, living through a renovation is the killer. It's getting up with each other, going through the whole dust thing again, and then one will crack off and say. Oh, When's this going to be over? Well, you're the one that wanted this. I'm doing it for you. No it's amazing balls. the emotions that these clients will actually share in line of you, like right in front of you. And you're, I'm just amazed sometimes how they just it open up. It takes a while. It takes a while. Like, yeah. you know, like the three months, four months. When the donuts stop. When the, the donuts stop. <laughs> then you're a part of the family, man. That's yeah. it. Yeah. The guards come down. Guards and, you're down. Uh, you're just there. Oh, I've witnessed fights and arguments where I've had to kind of pull them apart. But th this brings me to my point where they don't teach you this in trade school, man. They don't teach you this when you want to get your license. They don't teach you when you apprentice. No. They don't teach any of this stuff, man. So you get these guys who want to work up the ladder, get to your position, become a GC. They don't teach you this, man. How are you supposed no. to get taught this stuff? You, you, you dive right in. Knocks. You got to dive in. You got to learn. You got to dive in. I mean, I remember even when I was doing the home shows and I had my list of 10 things and I don't even know if I would get through most of them, but it would always end up stalling at the whole reality of what you're getting yourselves into and what to expect and talking about what we're talking about. And they all look at you with glazed eyes going, no, really? Is this not? No, we got a strong. Oh, good. Nice. Test it. Because this is the way to test it if you really want to do it. Do a renovation together. Live through it. And finish it. And finish it. And well, see who's finished. The job or your marriage. One or the other. In my experiences, I've seen relationships get right back to normal after the renovation. There's it's a lot of stress, man. It's, it is. It's stressful. It's financial. Time. 
money, and emotion. It's basically the, the three of them yeah. do not mix. It's hard. So what are clients doing wrong? Just not listening. They're not listening to the professionals. Not listening. You put a schedule in front of them and say, here, I need this picked by this date so that I can finish your house on this date. And they just don't do that. And they just don't do it. They or can't. they get led down the garden path or the designer's path. And, oh, you should do this. You should do that. But there's never a value put to that until it's all drawn up. And then it's handed over to the contractor and said, can you price this? We price it. And then we're the asshole because we give the number and it's way more expensive than what they thought. Well, you present the reality check. Right. And that was kind of my beef on the show when I always say, oh yeah, it's great. You go off and have a glass of wine with your designer and you're paying her $200 an hour to drink with her. We get nothing. We have to present the price to you and then we get yelled at. That's so true. Once you tell the price. I've seen other guys go through horrible nightmares too with extras. Uh, It seems like if you get into a project and you don't get your customer in stay on focus on what you already figured out, every change order, every yeah. extra that at the end, that's even more expensive than the first renovation. Right. So, so you need, if you're going to do any change orders and stuff like that, then you need to be paid up up front. That's the way we do it. If Every right single, away. the full amount of the change order, the full amount right now, then I don't have to worry about it later. And then get back to the contract. Yep. Yeah. We did that. We did that on one of the, one of the shows when we did it way back and he actually thanked me at the end. He goes, Jim, thank you for making me pay these change orders right at the beginning. Cause then I can always know where I am on my budget. So I could adjust accordingly if I've gone over on things. Have you ever completed a project on time? Yep. Have you? Mm-hmm. I have yet to do that. I've always gone over because of changes, because of things. Not like all time. Yeah. 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 But yeah. It's, it's rare compared to the norm. Yeah. Well, we can't control in city inspectors when they're going to show, when they're not, what they're going to like, what they're not going to like. There's lots of variables. There's lots of variables. Trades, right? Trades we, we being look too at busy. It, we look at it now like if, you know, let's just, you know, throw a number out. Let's say the building of the house is 1.4. I like these numbers already. Go on. <laughs> so we 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 feel that we will burn a hundred thousand dollars a month so it's 14 months that's the schedule that's how you guys work it that's actually funny enough you're way ahead of the game that was my next question yeah that's so, interesting so you you kind of break it that that way in the clients how do they it's a year anyway you're going to build a house it's a minimum months, of a year it's months. a minimum of a year yeah. but do you get that when you present it to the clients do you get that um that throat swallow that just Go just it's gonna take that long? Sometimes. I mean most again, you know, they're spending that kind of money. And then, you know, you you go at this point you're going through what this the whole job's going to entail. And then they they get it. They get it. I think it was you and I we had a conversation last week about the whole pandemic that's going on right now, how you're taking the initiative to contact clients and just give them a heads up. Yeah, so we we sent out a an email and just said, look, because a lot of our clients are in the financial business and financial world. That's how they get their money to pay for their build. So we just said, look, you know, if there is going to be a problem, we can stop the job 
wait till this pat you know goes by and we would like to be paid up to what we've done so far nobody's answered the email <laughs> send them a letter but one of our clients <laughs> did come in and we asked her he said hey did you get the email she goes yeah <laughs> well oh well what do you think i'm gonna stop i have no choice i have to finish well you could have sent that in an email but we had one job up north that stopped, stopped. yeah shut it down shut it down eh? yeah here you go here's your check up to it let's just close the doors until we figure out the world yeah that's yeah. a smart way to do things yeah were you left at at par both of you at that point like you're not yeah losing any money they're not no losing any money yeah, yeah no it, it was yeah i mean it was it worked out right how, how are you dealing with uh city inspectors right now not being at work not i mean we're lucky right now we have a few jobs that i don't need an inspector probably for about another six weeks to get a framing inspection they won't do a framing inspection until heating's done plumbing's done electrical's done i'm at that stage so i'm good for probably six weeks a sweet spot yeah I want to go back in time a little bit, Jim, and just um, how was that? We got a huge budget on this show with sound effects. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, how was that moment when you decided to actually go on your own and start taking on those jobs? It was just you and Neil at the time. How was that feeling? Like, were you like gut wrenching, freaking out? Because I, I, yeah. I'm speaking to you. You're an elder. You know, like you're a mentor. I respect the work that you've done. I feel that a lot of guys in their 20s are ready to make that step. And I get nervous when they tell me they're ready to make that step. I mean, I wish I did it when I was in my 20 years, yeah. in my 20s, because I probably just dove in and not even worry. But not a care. By just the time I did it, like I said, I had already been married or got married, bought a house, got a mortgage and had a kid and That's then quit lot. my job. That's right? a lot. Then went right into a recession. So. You learn real quick. You 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 know you start swimming, right? You got to adapt. Yeah, and I, you know what? I'm I'm glad. I'm glad that that's the way it happened. You know, it just made me. You know what? You know, when you're an entrepreneur, you risk. You kind of. It's just a thing, right? Well, I mean, I don't. Well, it's interesting you say that because you came from a union background. With a union background, you don't have to look for customers. You don't have to chase money. Work is always there. You don't well, have to. Not always. The thing that pissed me off about the union, you know, back in the 80s, we go on strike for 50 cents an hour. They've already offered us 25 cents. So I said, guys, let's just take the 25 cents. We're never going to make, if we're out for three, four months, we will never get this money back. You won't. But I was young and all the other older guys wanted it in their pension. So they would go on the strike, go on strike. So that's when I just, that's when I started to do all this shit on the side with fish joy. <laughs> By the way, the oil was fresh every day. Every day. That's why you get in there at 7 a.m. <laughs> By the way, one time uh, his uh, daughter worked there. I did not know her at all. I knew Uncle Billy from a couple other people from years before. And he was like, come to fish joy, come to fish joy. I had ordered two large fries. I wasn't going to finish a second one. His daughter forced me to eat and she said there is no food going to go to waste in this store <laughs> i had to you know I was like, oh, i'll never come back there <laughs> oh, that's hilarious i want to i want to ask you jim about trades trade schools are they doing a good job these days are they gotten better God, been. They gotten last worse? time i've been like i finished mine in 78 
Yeah, went to George Brown. I've had a few kids reach out to me from George Brown, funny enough. They wanted to be on my site. I was actually surprised at how little they knew. Yeah, we After three, a four years, how little they knew. And, uh, you know, I've tried to get back into the school. We're, we're still trying to actually do a podcast with one of the schools. We want to get in there and just get the, the kids to ask us all the questions and just we'll answer them as the best The real we can. questions. The real questions. Because I was like, I'm still surprised that they're hammer nailing everything. They're not using pneumatics. And they're getting people to dismantle everything to reuse the lumber. And well, because there's no funding, right? There's no funding, and I get that. But the thing is, on a real job site, how many carpenters, framers? Are wait, there? wait, well, wait at- a second. I want you to take that back because I'll tell you, if you're working in forming, you're you're going to be swinging a hammer more than you ever yeah. ever there's imagined. No, there's no pneumatic in true. And, true enough. Yeah. But and, in but in framing though, well, form making, uh, guys are still using na- some guys. Uh, are faster than guys with nail guns. It's true. It's true. Yeah, I'll give guys, you that. Yeah. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. But, but going back to what you're saying, like, are they are they teaching them? I, I Got to remember now. There's how many high schools are there that have a shop anymore? They, um, None. One, isn't there? Like, I went. To, I went to Western Tech. We called it the factory. There was almost three thousand kids. That was a tough school, by the way. <laughs> a really tough school. It's a That's great like, school. The toughest school in Toronto. No. Yeah, that they, like I remember that school's stories and rumors from guys I knew. <laughs> you went to a tough school. <laughs> it was a good school. And we had every shop you could think of. We had auto, carpentry, sheet metal, electrical, electronics, welding. Everything, everything was there. And we had to pick in grade 10 what we wanted to major in. And you know how I got into sheet metal? How was that? So my brother was six years older than me, big influence, bikes, everything that I like I'm into is because of him. So he goes, you know, I want to be a sheet metal worker. I said, all right, that's cool. I'm six years younger. I said, yeah, okay, man, I want to be one too, man. (laughs) You know, then he got old enough to get a motorcycle. So he was 16, I was 10. Oh, this is great. No, it's great. He was a tough bastard (laughs) (laughs) so he went to western and uh in grade 10 or 11 not sure which it was the gym teacher was forcing this kid to do something that he couldn't do because he was not in great shape and he kept bugging him and bugging him and bugging him and then finally my brother just to the teacher leave him alone teacher goes well whatever i don't know what was it there obviously for the comment but the, the rest of it was that my brother grabbed them by the neck, shoved them up against the wall. <laughs> and, um, and that was the end of his high school career. <laughs> the good old days when you're allowed to do that, man. Yeah, the good old days. So anyway, so he, you know, he had to leave and then he went and worked for um, not Stelco, Federal Nut and Bolt. And then he ended up in Oshawa and working at GM. So I followed his footsteps completely. Bikes, cars, sheet metal, the whole thing. Women? (laughs) No. I had better taste. (laughs) (laughs) So what did Jim want to be before that? Before you took that sheet metal course, what what, what did you... I don't know. I think because you've got to remember, I was 10. Okay, here's the story. Okay. I was 12... Yeah, I was 12 and my buddy was 10. 
And they have a huge property on, I don't know if you know, Ellis Avenue, down by yeah. Grenadier Pond. If you remember, there was a gray house set way in the back, just before you get to the Queensway. And it was on the east side. It was a big property. My buddy and I, Daryl, Harp, we call him, him and I were building a fort, you know, just working away Saturday, doing shit that 10 and 11-year-olds do, you know, just build shit. <laughs> we leave it, off we go to school Monday. Monday afternoon, there's a knock on the on my buddy's parents' door. Mrs. P answers the door. She goes, yes. He goes, um, do you have a building permit? She goes, what? What, are you, what are you talking about? Building permit for what? She goes, he goes, well, there, there's a, you know, there's a foundation looks like there's being built over there off to the side of your house. You, you, you need a building permit for this, right? She goes, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> so anyway, she goes outside and she starts laughing. She goes, oh my God, this? He goes, yes, this. You, you need a building permit for this thing. Look at it. Look how it's dug. You got the foundation ready to go. You got the blocks in. <laughs> she goes, it's a 10 and an 11 year old. He goes, no way. He goes, yes, it's my son. My son and his buddy. So oh, there you go. Wicked. My first building infraction. <laughs> <laughs> was that on the list that when you <laughs> I was about to ask that? <laughs> That's the way it is, man. Well, at least it was good enough that the guy thought this yeah. was legit, man. Yeah. See, we knew enough just to get ourselves in shit. <laughs> that is so funny. Uh, that that makes me ask you, like, if you weren't doing construction, what would you be doing? I don't know. There's nothing really. I mean, people ask me, like, if you came back in another life, what would you do? I'd say, I'd probably do the same thing again. Started out, wanted to be an architect. And then I just, ah, you know what? Seven years of university, I can't do it. No, I'm not into that. Just give me a hammer and let me start building shit. All I know is guys that cut metal are loaded. Like, there's a lot of money in sheet metal. Every, every single house has it, and there's lots of money in it. There's, There's a, a lot of it's money a good trade, construction, man. man. There's a lot. Even in flat roofing, just bending metal, you're making a fortune. Yeah. Is it fair to say, Jim, that um, if you're a contractor in this business, you lose money? <laughs> I lost money on the show every day. <laughs> really? Yeah? That's what, no, I always said that. And, uh, and then finally, the producer goes, Jim, explain. Everybody thinks you have no money. And you drive away in a Porsche, you drive away in a bike, <laughs> you have a beautiful house, but you never make any money. <laughs> I said, look, I said, the way it works is when I say I didn't make any money, I'm not making the profit that I thought I was going to make. Yeah. I said, there are jobs where you actually lose money. The profit's gone and now you're into your own pocket. I said, there are, there are jobs like that. You would have been better off if you didn't do the job at all. 100%. But you don't know that lesson. You learn it. You yeah. take it. But I guess there's yeah. been enough jobs that you got to know when to kind of leave, walk away. There's no sense in fighting. Well, that's fight. what I said. I, why am I going to go to work and lose money when I can stay home and make none? It's, it's true. <laughs> it's true. Right? <laughs> it's true. It sounds like every time I speak to anyone that's doing really well, it's always because they do something commercial. 
Do you find that like the commercial industry, there's so much money to be made? Commercial, you know what? Commercial, you know what's nice about commercial? I think the, I mean, it's less. It's less money. You make less money. More square footage. No, no. It's, you're area. done faster because you don't. There's no stress levels less. Right. There's no emotion in it because it's it's corporation money. So it's not like you have a homeowner. Oh, you know, I don't like that tile and this like that. It's get it done so I can open the doors and make money. It's spec. Here it it's is. Spec. This it, is what we want it. on the floor. This is what we want on the wall. Get it done. Here's All my they want to know day. is when will it be done? Yeah. But commercial can be more meticulous with design. Like some, you can get more, you can get a better look in a commercial a business than you can in a house. A lot yeah, of times. So, oh, for sure. Sometimes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we did a, we did five Adidas stores just last year. One in Vancouver, one in Montreal and three here, I think, you know, we did a couple other, we did a nice little boutique store for LVMH, uh, bite beauty, um, out on queen. We got to do some pretty funky stuff in there. A lip lab, like it's yeah. where they make lipstick, organic lipstick. That was pretty cool. Organic lipstick. Yeah. They make mm -hmm. it right in front of you. You drink champagne while they're making it for no you. No way. Yeah. That's wicked. Custom made. Yeah. Organic. It's called, it's called bite. And it's on Queen by somewhere around Shaw, I think. Yeah, oh, you should send your wife there and your girlfriend. My, my wife doesn't even care about makeup. It's fantastic. I wake up to the same person that I went to bed with. Oh, see, that's good. <laughs> that's good. I know earlier you said, uh, was it earlier or the other podcast? It was the other podcast. You were saying that you had a lot of the guys that, uh, that have been around, like, on your same crew for, what, 17, almost 20 years? Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, Vito's probably 25 any new guys? Any new young guys? And, yeah, we got and, some. Yeah, we got some new carpenters. Yeah, yeah, millennials. Yep. I'm just trying to get to the point. I'm not going to dog them. I know everybody gets upset. No, these guys. You know what? For 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 the age of them, they're really good. I want to know because we were told recently a story about the older that same crane op. Funny enough, how he, seventy year old old school Italian guy, is getting work done at his daughter's house, and he watches the young guy arrive on site wearing a certain kind of outfit with a certain kind of swagger and he's already dismissed this guy. <laughs> <laughs> and you, you can see why, right? But I mean, today, that's not the case, right? Like you, you, you're going to give a guy a shot if he shows up on site. Hopefully he shows up a few minutes before the, the start time. Yeah. Do you guys have a problem on site with the young guys and with the tech, the smartphones, the social media? Oh, yeah. 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 Yeah, I mean it. It. I mean they say it doesn't slow them down, but it does. It does. You got to pick your argument now, right? I mean, if they do good work and they're still dicking around on their phone, I mean, what are you going to do? And you know what? They've given you a price, so if they're a sub trade, it's their dime. It's their dime. As long yeah. as they're fi finishing within that budget or that scheduled that, yeah, time. That time. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But if they're an employee and they're hourly. It's your dime. It's my dime, right? Uh, yeah. And that hurts But more. see, I mean, again, like, um, I don't know if I said this earlier that all my guys are over 50. The youngest guy is Dan, is my partner. He's the youngest out of our crew. And you looked at me. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just, there's, I'm, there's, 20, there's 20 years between Dan and I. Okay. So Dan's 44. Got it. Darren, so Rick, uh, so Rick and Al are 53. Darren's 54, going to be 55. Ian's 58. 
or stonemasons or 50. But have you had the younger guys kind of apply? And yeah, you know what? Okay, we have we have one guy with us now. We just started with us. He's in his 20s? Yeah. Okay. He's now, good. Is, is he, are these employees? Yep. Or trades? Employees. Subbing. So you're, you do have guys, I guess, doing all the the, the We do our finishing, things. right? Any house, we will do our own finishing. Wow. So that's where we can control the quality is that where the, the finishing. That's where all the problems were for you? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, maybe in the past, yeah, because we can't get what we want. So, I mean, we PL the shit out of everything. Like, you can go in that into any house that we've done 10 years There'll be not one joint that's opened up. Well, it's funny you say that because I do a lot of wainscoting, copper ceilings, and I, and I work with a lot, a, style, a lot of styrofoam. I already was checking out the workmanship in here. I'm looking at everything, and at first, from far, I saw some lines in your wainscot, but then I realized that you guys had micro beveled them. them. Right. And I was, and I was like, that's, I'm like, that's brilliant. He got away from that. Like usually I biscuit joint them and glue them. And you know, I got my own way, but I was like, you know what? He just took away half the headaches, the filling, the flushing. As I'm walking around here, I'm picking at your stuff. And like, I'm (laughs) making notes. I'm going, okay, what's he up to? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) No, I mean, we found that, right? I mean, you learn, you learn as you go along. But it's consistent and it makes sense. Yeah. Cause it's going to open. Sooner or later, right? Because vertical and horizontal surfaces breathe. Well, I don't know yeah. if you know, but in Canada, it's hot and cold weather. <laughs> <laughs> How crazy are your clients getting with the digital age? Like, are they getting all this tech-savvy drama and well, everything? Yeah, voice course. activated. Oh, for sure. They yeah, all yeah. want that stuff. They all want the stuff, and then to give them the price, then, it's they, expensive. then, it, then it gets downplayed quite a bit. Future-proof it. Run the wires for me for now. Let's rough it in. That's all it is, right? Yeah. Okay. There's so much stuff. I mean, I had a house done, my last house, and I had it, you know, not everything, but let's say half of everything. I still didn't use 10% of it. I don't know. That's because you're on your bike. You're never home. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be nice. Um, I do have something controversial. Uh-oh. It's always bothered me, and now I have you in front of me, and <laughs> I want you to answer me. This is um, I'm on the hot seat. Hang on a um, sec. I'm just gonna. It, have to, I'm gonna have to say dun dun dun. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, I see what you build. I've watched you on television. I've I've worked with you before or around you. I love everything about you. The one thing I don't understand, and I just wanted you to kind of explain it. I noticed that you, you know, stand up for pink insulation. And I hate it. Is there something I'm not knowing that I could learn? Like, I, I love you to set me straight on something like that. I, I may have, not okay, understand. Okay. Well, I think it's pretty simple. I mean, I've used it from the day I started. I think they have been around longer than any other insulation company. And that's pretty much it. I mean, I, I go where... I'm a loyal. Do, I'm pretty do, loyal. Do, do, do you do you use spray foam and rigid and like is are there places for it? Like you separate those with the customer? Yeah, I try not to spray foam a lot. So I'm still not convinced it's the way to go. Everybody and I'm in agreement there, and I know that you love it's spray foam. It's all personal pre- exactly. preference. Everybody's right? different, right? I just I know that spray foam is not a bulletproof system. Right. I that's just my opinion, right? But so, I, you're you're right. Sorry. Yeah, I mean you you go back again, like I'll go back to the seventies when spray foam came in a can 
and we used to put it around the windows when we were doing the windows. Ten years later, you go back and it's a pile of dust. It's well, that's because it was half pound, right? It probably got well. I don't know what yeah. it was. It came out of a can. It, yeah. Nobody was actually spraying it yet. Yeah. Right. You can do a fantastic job. Then I'll push Owens Corning. You know their code board. It's the way we. That's our standard. The way we will build a new house. We seal it from the outside. Every house that we have built. It's been amazing. We were just finishing one and during the winter. We had a temp heater in the basement, 4,500 square foot house. We had it all sealed and done. I mean, all the exterior was done. We were doing the drywall. It was 70 degrees in there. We didn't have a furnace. Just the one heater? In the basement. Is that because of what you're using on the exterior of your homes? That's how we're doing it. We tape everything. Like if you, I mean, if people are listening to this and want to watch, we have a... It's on our website. You can watch how we actually do the house. But that's our standard now. I've been noticing online a lot of people are using certain insulations on the outside and the inside doesn't even matter anymore. You know, you got to do that continuous seal, right? You lay the two inches of rigid on the floor before you pour the basement. Then you run it up the wall to the plate. That's where I'll use the spray foam is in the joist. You can you can cut each piece and put it's it in a pain in the ass. ass. Right. But spray foam all the joist pockets. But then on the outside. Continuous with the board. Yeah, your code board comes down. Now we I mean we go to the extreme. We gasket all the way around the perimeter of the outside wall. Put this stuff on. Gasket all around where the windows are cut out. And then it's all taped and everything else. Like it's it's fantastic. That's, that's what we learned on the we did a building science podcast with the Ryerson tech and right. he was talking about the, the system. Like it's right. That's where the failure is, is when it's, you it's don't kind of the, yeah, they call it what the, the, um, it's an vapor barrier. Right? Yeah. So just give you an example. So that's one example But the house I built and sold last year, we did the whole thing. And that's what the video is all about is us building that house. I had the house for 14 months with a pool and my gas bill for 14 months went through two winters. 1100 bucks for the 14 months 3600 square feet plus 2000 square feet in the basement 5600 square foot home do you present all this stuff to your clients do the clients care now they do now they see yeah it. i mean the you know the projects we have going now they're all being done like this so you're presenting so that's a- our standard right so when anybody will I and mean, we've got it written in our in our scope we'll just say here well you're you know $50,000 higher than the other guy here's why are the reasons if you don't want it i can take it out and then i can build you your code house but i'm going to build you over code or not that much more and look what you're going to say a lot a lot for some of the younger guys listening we all want to grow in this industry some guys stay stagnant and keep doing the same thing and never move forward some guys find a loophole and they make a connection and they just run with they, it. They, they grow. Yeah. Um, other guys like yourself start a commercial and just end up just hitting it every single time. And what is the most important part about being someone young and dealing with customers getting into this business and how to work your way through that? Earlier we talked about, you know, when you're first starting and you have to take the job because you don't have any choice or you will never make any money. I think that's just part of it. That's growing pains. You need to do that. Learn, take your lumps. But once you get to that position where you can look across the table at the client and say, then you know what? 
I'm not the guy for your job. I'm sorry. And you get up and you leave. Why get into something? You have to learn to say no. You got to have, I'm not saying you got to have balls. You got to have the confidence to know that. I mean, I've said to clients before, look, I need this amount of money to give you the job that you want. I can't do it for any cheaper. And if I'm not the guy, then it was great meeting you. I'm out. It's true. That's it. You got to learn to say no. 75% of the time, they're checking to see how far you will go. How desperate you are. Not even desperate, just to see. And on another note, you can look at it. How do you think your client will look at you and they say to you, well, Jim, you're $50,000 higher than the other guy. Okay, you know what? I'll come down fifty grand. Did you just hose them? Yeah. Were you hosing them? Right? You need to know when to walk away and not be put in that position because you just lost the job. Even though you came down to that guy's price, they already know what you're all about. You're playing construction chicken. And, and, unless you show why and how you're coming Well, that's down what I was going to say. Yeah. Is that That's what I've done is that when they ask for a discount, I just explain to them, here's a line item. This is what I can remove. Tell me what you want to lose. Exactly. So I'm not discounting things. I'm removing scope of work now. What are the things that you'll never remove? For example, I really love Durabon. When I get to my mud stage, I will not allow paper tape everywhere. I will not allow for just straight. So CPC. what do you like? Fiber tape? I like fiber tape in the right places. I think that they all have their right place. You know, like just with like caulking, I use like four different types of caulking for exterior walls, interior walls, for crowns. Like I know where things flex and give and I want to control that give or. So let me with. ask you this. So when you're, when you're doing crown, you do wood crown? No. Do you plaster? I, I'll plaster definitely is at the very top of the food chain. Styrofoam is my second go-to. And then third is my MDF. If someone asks for wood, I won't do it. Well, when I say wood MDF, I mean, it's got, yeah, but yeah. it will still move a little bit too. MDF has its moments. It, it does, but I'm, I'm really definitely a plaster guy. The thing I go to mostly for affordability and I'm, I'm a lot, a little bit like you, I, I, I come from a commercial background. I like condos. A lot of guys don't like working in condos. I like to be able to get that styrofoam right up into the corners just with some mud and yeah. it never moves. One of the biggest problems with crown is using it in condos with sheet metal. And yeah, but the great thing about condos, it's concrete and steel studs. If I could build a, a place with steel and people could afford it, that's the way to go. We used to do that when, when Neil and I were, when we had that run in Lee side, we would, you know, we'd have a renovation, you know, got the bungalow and putting a second story on, we would do the whole thing in steel studs on the existing, in the existing. And then upstairs, we would frame it, you know, with the two by sixes, and then we'd put inch and five eighths all the way around. Never had a screw pop. No, I never got the straightest walls because steel just doesn't move. You cut your, your callbacks down by 75%. Wow, did you actually find that with sheet metal yeah. versus wood? And then the building inspector, I still remember him. He came in and looked at it. He goes, wow, like steel studs. Really? I go, yeah, like, are we not allowed to use them? He goes, no, no, you can. He came back a few days later. He says, do you mind if I 
bring through a couple builders. <laughs> I just, I really like what you guys are doing. He said, I think this is, is really cool. But what then, was the upcharge on that to do it? Yeah, back then it wasn't wasn't much. crazy much. No, yeah. no. Well, sheet metal is so fast and right. But remember, I, I didn't use it as a structure, uh, structural element. No. Right? But if you're going to build a steel house, obviously you got to go to a heavier gauge and everything else. So it would cost you that much yeah. more, right? What kind of crown are you using? We do plaster and everything because it doesn't move. Doesn't move. Well, yeah. it's also just buying the materials fifty five dollars a linear point. It's not that expensive. Well, you you probably get great deals because you built up a business. But someone coming off the street into a plaster shop, they're not. They're going to gouge people. Brother, I'm telling you, it's so cheap. What do you think? It's uh, not that expensive. I met not, a guy recently. It used to be. It's not. Yeah. Anymore. Well, the, the the times that I have used plaster, I've had to match other plasters, and because they don't have the form for that, and they have to remake it. That's why it's always cost me that So this much. guy, our guy, will be on an average, depending. And that's a pretty big crown, right? Outside and all. That's a good seven or so. Oh, yeah. Oh, five, six, yeah. That's, that's good size. That's 10 bucks. For the material, Ten not bucks. installed. Installed. That's installed. I've met, wow. I've met guys like that before. That's why it doesn't make any sense to do wood, wood or MDF anymore. So the only time I use MDF is when I'm doing a reclaimed kitchen right? and I'm trying to tie it in. I'm trying to be affordable. Typically. Oh, trust me. When you're doing a feature wall, like MDF is like, I love MDF. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's brilliant. But when you're doing, you know, when you're doing your crowns, it's not, it's more, but it's not that much more. Yeah. You know, you're building, you're building. But then you got to factor in the callback. But people are also afraid of plaster. Why? I think that a lot of people don't realize that it doesn't move, it doesn't crack, no. it doesn't shift. And if it does crack, it's so easy to fix. Right? Yeah. Just yeah, with a caulking, <laughs> right? That's well, it. One, it's, of the, one of the things I learned my very first house that I ever worked on was a house in Blair West Village, and when I was dismantling part of the house to tie in a new section, I just paid attention to what was being used, the material-wise, and how they laid it out, and I started taking notes, mental notes. They weren't using MDF at the crown and they were using plaster and stuff. So I, I kept on building that way. I kept yeah, on thinking. That's old school. Old school way but of mentality. Al- but it also shows a level of class in your business. Like when you hear plaster, you're talking about a serious customer. You're talking about a serious contractor. It's, yeah. an, it's not an everyday. I mean, that's, I mean, that's on our list. Plaster, X amount. Of Do you dollars. use styrofoam crown? No. Okay. Outside. I, outside I, I noticed that. And, and you know, I've been. People hate when I come to their house because I don't really say anything right away. But the minute their wives say, so what do you think? And I go, oh, you want to hear what I think? <laughs> and people are like, don't ever bring him back again. <laughs> I noticed you got, you have no cracks in any of your work in here. And it's a commercial space. So I'm, I'm assuming that the insulation isn't even probably an R50 in here unless you did it afterwards. There's, I mean, I don't see any, nothing. I don't see any flexing. There's, is there's, this all plaster? This is not This is MDF. It's impressive because yeah. I'm not seeing anything. That's all MDF, like that. The ceiling's MDF. The crown, the crown in there, because we can do it in one. So right piece. now, Jim's pointing at things that nobody can see. <laughs> nobody can see, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> but that's why I said in the first part of the podcast, yeah. when when you were on the phone, we didn't even hear a word you said because we were going through everything. <laughs> no, but if you do get a chance, well, you guys are on the online on the website, right? So at Carrie, we did Call, a little walkthrough on. Yeah, uh, there you go. So now you yeah. get an and idea it, of it. It also sh- like. Your detail to your trim shows me what kind of builder you are. I can look at a contractor. If I see them come into some, I always tell people, if you're looking 
to find out what kind of contractor you have, make sure that you look at his tools. Like as much as we make fun, he likes Bosch. I like Hilti, you know, you like um, Milwaukee. That's, they're all really great companies. Like across the board yeah. but when you see ryobi on a contractor there's trouble so what i'm what i'm leading what i'm leading to is when i look at someone's wainscot their crown molding and how it's flexing that shows me the the detail i've been even looking at your because i've been plastering for so long like i don't see a butt joint a factory joint or a nail pop boat in your commercial space which is impressive okay so that's that's a union drywall company and that's amazing like that really is. So and I don't know they, if they, I don't know if they did that for you or it's a particular group yeah, of guys. I mean, guys. if you look hard, you can, you can see, but no, yeah, it's these, guys, well. these, guys, I, these guys have I think it's the characters years. that you have. Like I do know commercial guys that are commercial tapers, but they do different things. Trust me. Like we've, we ask for a specific crew. We've been given crews that we don't like. <laughs> Right. So, I mean, he's got like a hundred. Why don't you like them? What What do they do that they get on the do not like list? You can see every joint. The work. Nobody gives you a shit. You can see the right? bad work. I know there's forgiveness in commercial spaces. You have no forgiveness here. Like, no. That, like, but you got to remember, this is a commercial space. I'm trying to find things that I can find about you. building. <laughs> and I'm like, I haven't found anything yet. That's why I have to pick <laughs> at you on the, on the pink. It's just a personal preference thing, right, for me. I'm, I'm looking. I'm trying to find something, you know? I'm sure there's The only thing shit. I can say is your, your female bathroom with the green. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't pick that. This is all. Listen, in the 80s, me, that, green, that green was hot in the uh, 80s, man. Yeah, okay, I pure hot. I just joking. Yeah. I have to do I don't have to sit in that bathroom. <laughs> what What are some of the things that you will not change in your builds? I just won't. We won't chins on the finishing at all. Nothing. That's why you love trim so much. Yeah, I mean, if you're gonna do it, do it well. Yeah, because that's what that's what shows. That's what gives you the wow, right? That's what you can out. You can trim a place too much, then it looks like. Looks a little gaudy, right? Yeah, it looks like a trim showroom. Right. Here's kind of like, kind of weird, like from one end to the other the spectrum of the talking. What would you be looking for right now if you were looking for guys to hire coming out of school or out of someone young? What would you be looking well, for? All I all I want for somebody that's that. And are you looking? <laughs> we're always just in looking. case someone's listening. We're always looking. Come with the attitude. Willing to work, willing to listen, and willing to learn. If, you, if you're not up for it, and you're going to get criticized a lot, and you got to have a thick skin. Yeah, you definitely do in construction, for sure. You can do. Are the new guys getting paid a fair rate? Yep. Are they getting low-balled? Or... I know I joked with you uh, off the mic how the, the millennials, the 25-year-olds, are expecting $25 an hour. $26 an hour. Are they getting a fair rate, you think, for the service that they provide? Yeah. I mean, we're, you know, we're not far off of that for somebody to start. Plus, you got to prove yourself, too. And right. I, res I respect a lot of guys will like, listen, I'll come and work for you for the day. You decide what you want to pay me. Now, see, that, that, that's not enough, though. That's see, not we, enough? We, uh, see, we got this young kid who just came from us, came to us, and he's about a second year apprentice. Carpenter. You really find out what these guys are made of is you give them the shit 
jobs. Yeah. I said, look, I told him up, I said, look, dude, sorry, man. You're going to be doing the shittiest jobs for the next two or three months. Unfortunately, that's all he got. But then I'll put you in with the boys. I could put him in with the boys right away. Let's just see if you can handle this. You know, I go to a job and pick up shit, take it, sweep it. You know, if the owner can do it, you can do it. And every one of our other guys, of our finished carpenters, will pick up shit and put it where, you know, let me see what you're made of. Let me see if you will stoop this low and learn that they, you know, the site has to be clean and that you're willing to do the shit jobs. If I'm still willing to do the shit jobs, then you better be. I love seeing trades arrive on site and every single one of them has their own broom, dustpan. They just, it's part of the routine. Or they've taken someone else's. No, they have their <laughs> initials on it. If they stole it and then scratch off those initials and put new initials on, that's a different story. Yeah, you but, know what? I mean, we have, a, we have a, a young, we have two electrical crews. They're both young. One is messier than the other. The one that's not messy, like he actually, when they're doing stuff, they clean up right after, you know, they cut a hole, do this, drop. They don't, you know, the word, the thing I hate the most is when they cut those little pieces of copper off the wires and they just leave them on the floor. Oh. I laid into this kid two days ago in a finished house and he was putting <laughs> all the receptacles in. He was just shit everywhere, right? He's about a third-year apprentice. And I just said, dude, this isn't going to happen again. Either you start cleaning up and learning how to do this now while you're still young enough and just become part of your everyday routine or you just won't be coming back. How did he take that? He listened. He's, he's young, right? Okay, yeah. yes. Okay, sorry, sir. Sorry. Still found one today. <laughs> <laughs> a true story. I was worked for myself for my whole life, even when I was working in TV, I subbed and worked for Mike. But anyways, before all that, I was at a job site. I was standing to the side being my own boss. I'm always paying attention to all the things that you're paying attention to, all the little things, because that's what homeowners really, you could, doesn't matter if you're a good contractor or a bad contractor. If you're a clean contractor, you will always have work. I was standing at someone else's job site, uh, waiting for my partner to finish conversation he was having with someone else. I saw a piece of Kleenex on the ground. I watched one, two, three, he walks by. four, five, six, seven, nine guys walk by and it drove me bananas. I walked over, grabbed that piece of garbage, threw in the garbage, went back to the wall where I was holding it up because I was like leaning on it. So I was holding that wall up. <laughs> the guy that was running that job site said, I want you to close your business and come work for me. He says, I've been watching everyone walk past that and you just walked over and grabbed it. That's exactly what I want. That gave me an opportunity to change my whole career and my whole life. Just from picking up one little piece of garbage in front of the right person at the right time. Yeah, no, I mean, it just, that's all it takes. You sometimes. don't know who's watching, yeah. man. A clean job site tells everything about your yeah. work. It can make or break you, man. I mean, we still have some of the, the older guys that it's a fight because it's beneath them to clean up their sawdust and everything else. And we got to fuck. It's beneath them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, it is. It's beneath it is their beneath saw. them. Exactly. <laughs> you know, they're, they're up to their knees in sawdust and they're still cutting away. And Christ. There's new tools nowadays that you could hook up oh. this thing called a vacuum. 
<laughs> yeah, no, they're just you sweep it up. That's it. That's all it is. <laughs> huh? You ever had to fire a client? Yep. How was that experience? I haven't done that yet. I want to know. Is it exciting? <laughs> it's not easy. What's, what's that emotional breakdown on, man? I mean, you're, yeah, I mean, you're running, walking away from dough. It's got to be pretty heated up to to, to get walk. to that point. Yeah. Uh, what's been your uh, favorite project? Most proud moment? What, like a, a house or something? A house or a commercial space? Something that you built or or a project that you built? Or was there something that really stuck out? Yeah, there's one house. It was. Um, it was on the show. It was on their last or the fifth season, I think. It was a yellow. I was, remember them. It was a yellow um, Cape Cod. Yeah. Yeah. It had the uh, portico. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. And that was my. That was a nice one. First really big home that I did for myself. And I had the vision of always kind of a this pale yellow, all the white trim everything else and I built it not far from here in an area where you never see these houses when I started to build it one Italian builder came and pulled up and he goes hey what are you building here he <laughs> says what are you talking about he goes no no you can't build that kind of house here I said why not he says it's got to be stucco it's got to be stone <laughs> I said, dude, I said, that's the problem with you Italians. Stone, it runs through your veins, man. You got to get out of that shit. He goes, it's never going to sell. It's, you're, you're, you know, you're just, it's not right. You're doing a wrong thing. Okay, fuck, whatever, right? Just, I'm, I'm just, just kept going. I'm just making a list here of all the backgrounds that you offended on this podcast. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> yeah, but it's equal. It's, it's all equal, right? It's, it's equal. all balanced. And of course, it's sold and it's sold very well, right? I, you know, so then a builder pulls up after I pretty much got it done. I see him in my driveway, pull up. Great guy. He's actually, you know, competition in the area, but I always looked at him as hey great competition great guy you do a fantastic job you know you're a good builder he goes jim he goes this is beautiful he goes i you know he says i'm building a place in you know, for myself in niagara on the lake he goes i would really like to do something like this so i you know i told him who i used and everything else for the drawings and all that and you know to me that was a like a pat on my back and yeah. say but then I did turn around later when I did sell it. wasn't even up for sale. It was just a knock on the door and somebody popped in and goes, you know, I'm from Connecticut and I was raised in a house like this. Actually, they were driving wow. by and a real estate agent was with them and I happened to know the agent and they're driving by the house and their client said, oh, you know, that's a beautiful house. Too bad it wasn't for sale. She goes, oh. It's Carrick's house. It's probably for sale. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and you know what? This is a great point. So like, I, I ended up selling it. And again, held, held, held my, <laughs> my price. I said, uh, she goes, what do you want for it? I said, 1.5. So he came back, you know, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And she goes, okay, we'll do the deal. I said, great. Come on over. So they come over with one point. <laughs> come they, on over. <laughs> they come over with one point four fifty. I go, we're fifty grand short. 
She goes, yeah, well, you know, you'll still sell it. I go, no, sorry. Wow. Right to the bitter end, huh? Three months went by. <laughs> you didn't give in? No. So I said to my agent, I said, put the word out that I'm putting it up for sale for 1.7. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> In your office. I don't even know if it was a day. Okay, here's here's your check. 1.5. That's amazing. <laughs> Highest number on the street. I love I it. Have, not to <laughs> boast, but I will. Every house that I have built in this area has set the bar. Nice. Everyone. Wow. And the first one that you were talking about, the uh, in the first season, I think, that was the one I told you about before. Yeah. Yeah. That it was back and forth, back and forth, yeah, back yeah. and forth. And finally, I just said, you know what? I'm asking nine point, you know, a million dollars for the house. You pissed me off so much. It's now one point one. And I, I got, love it. And I got it. <laughs> and you should. Wow. You know what I mean? Because they know the workmanship that's there. Yeah. When you're building your own homes, do you get personal with them? Yeah, and that's and, and and that's what you know. A lot of the agents will come through, and I mean, I've just dealt with one agent and his family for forever, and. But we're very well known, and you know that's what the agents say. Well, look, if you're going to go to Carrick's house, there's nothing cheap in the place. That's why the price will be what it is. But you'll see exactly why it is what it is. And the one, and the most recent one that I just sold, it wasn't even finished yet, and so I put it up exclusively because um, I knew there was one down the street up for sale. So I kind of piggybacked off him. They knew if he had a little bit of comp, not even competition, but if there was another one for sale on the street, that maybe his buyer will come and look. Mm-hmm. Now I was, oh, you're sneaky. I like. Him. I was three hundred thousand. <laughs> He's I a was, businessman. I was three hundred. You said you were good in stocks, higher. but you are good in real estate. <laughs> <laughs> so I had, you know, my it was, I put it up for three nine four million. These people came back from looking at that other house, and I knew. Don't get me wrong. The other guy was a, is a good builder, but just the the trim, the workmanship, and everything else was. And then it was a net, almost a net um, net zero ready home. So I had that going for it, and I stole the buyer. Wow! Came in and well, cornered. you you had you had what people were looking for, right? He just came in and just went, oh, okay. There's no comparison. I'll offer you three point six. I didn't even sign it back and he got pissed off he said to my agent well you know jim didn't even sign it back he goes no he won't he's asked the price if you don't bring that he won't he won't sign anything back people need to be put in their place they know well it's not even putting your plate i knew what i had in the house right it's the value you need to know stick to your value i knew that you know the what we the way we built it it's net zero ready you know, just the, what heating, the neighborhood the heating system, just, you know, the trim work that was done inside the pool, the landscaping, everything. Right. And he came back again two weeks later and pulled me aside, pulled me into the mud room. He goes, young guy, he goes, Jim, what is it going to take for me to buy this house? I said, dude, it's always been the same. 3.9. <laughs> it's all yours. Again. They did it. They came back. 
they offered me 3.850. So, <laughs> so I just said, all right. Because in my head, I have to have a net, right? I need to net a number. Called my agent back and I said, you know what? I'll accept the deal, 3.850. But you can tell the other agent that all she's getting is 50 grand for her fee. I'm netting 3.8. Because if you think about it, the only way I'm going to net 3.8 is I got to get 3.9. Yeah. Right? Wow, that's brilliant. So so she he called her up. And she was an older, older agent, great lady. Paul called her up and said, okay, well, look, this is how Jim says the deal's going to go down. She goes, nope. Of course, she said. It's not going that way. She goes, I will get the 50 grand from them. It's going to go. So sure enough, it came back. It was 3.9. Done. I guess she was smart. <laughs> so now I live across the street from that house. <laughs> <laughs> what you, and what are you doing now? Are you renovating this place? No, or no I'm just going to wait. I'm gonna, yeah, I just I need a breather. I'll wait and see what the market does. And I mean, you've done all kinds of amazing things. What is there left for Jim to do? What's your next goal, man? Like, it's got to be something crazy. Like, I don't know if it's anything crazy. I mean, you know, I started, tried our thing with the school and that didn't work. So we took a bit of a shit kicking, a big shit kicking on that. What was that? That was the, um, what was that called? The program? Uh, build it yourself. B-I-Y. It, yeah, B-I-Y. That's right. The B-I-Y. And that didn't work out. Yeah. Yeah. So we lost a couple million there. Wow. So that was a big setback. So I just it's a great idea. Just, great idea. And just shit timing. And I actually had a client, Caesar. He went to your class. Oh, yeah? He actually attended it, right? And then he was telling me about it. So he was doing that. It was being taught by uh, a woman. The one that he was learning from. He was doing one of the courses there. This is years ago. Yeah, down on Dufferin. Yeah. Yeah, and then we got in the Lowe's. Then we had, had them all in four Lowe's stores. Yeah, so you know what? What would I really like to do? Honestly, our charity, Renos for Heroes, I would like to, because right now, I don't know if you know much about that. What I do. I'd like to step it up where that we could actually um, work with the city and start building some um, shelters and stuff for the, uh, for the soldiers that are homeless. That wow. would be... What's that website? Renosforheroes.org. Dot org. Because you yeah. guys just had the event, eh? Just had the big galley, yeah. Luckily, we just had it. Luckily, just I know. Shit hit the fan. Would have been canceled. Yeah. Tell, so, tell, yeah, tell yeah, me a little us. bit about the charity, please. So what we do is we bridge the gap where the, where the government doesn't. So any wounded soldier, the government will do so much. And then after that, you're kind of on your own. I don't know. The easiest way for me to explain it is if the, if the soldier's lost both his legs and he has a two-story house, They'll do one handicapped bathroom. Where do you do it? On the main floor or upstairs? What we do is we just build them another one. That's amazing. You know, or, you know, if it decks or a ramp or whatever they need. That's whatever what they we need. do. I love it. So we just had our 10th, 10th anniversary. If anyone wants to donate to your cherry, what is... Yeah, you go to the, the website, renosforheroes.org. It's got the donate thing, and you can see the whole thing there. And got a couple of videos. We've done probably about 30, 40 soldiers already. And That's it's a, a registered 
just got our charity status. So charity nice status. It's uh, ironic, but first of all, I've, I, I love soldiers. A lot of my friends are soldiers, and I appreciate what they've done and what they're still dealing with. Yeah. When I'm doing bathroom jobs for people, I'm always trying to build them handicap-friendly. Right. Like, I'm always trying to push my customers, and I, I always tell them, you have another option in real estate. Because there's people that need these, even older people. And it's really can, not that big of a deal. Just no, it's make not. the door a little bigger, make curbless. It little, right. Yeah. So uh, you know, counters a little higher. It's fantastic. I love hearing that. Tonight. I did. A, I did an amazing job for an amazing woman uh, just outside of Guelph, Aberfoyle, and she called me up, got me from the show, and she goes, "Jim, I just love your work so much." She goes, "I'm handicapped. I'm in a wheelchair. I'd really like you to build me a bungalow." I said, sure. So anyways, went out there, met them, met her and her husband, ended up doing this thing for her. And she became, you know, we became friends. She is 40. Somebody threw her in a pool when she was 17. And um, so she's been in the wheelchair. She drives, even though she's classed as a, can she still use a quad? I think she still has a little use out of one hand. But she's one of the first women, now there's a few of them, that gave birth to twins. Wow. And she, really? Yeah. Wow. Just to make, like she's an, um, they're, they're amazing, amazing people and such a sweetheart she is. How did that come about? What, what in, she just, yeah, motivated I mean, just, you or inspired you to be part of that or do something well, like that? Well, she asked and it was just an honor that, you know, she would ask me to do her house. And, you know, again, that's where the, the show came in and, you know, hats off to that. But yeah, you know what? I, I never, it's the first time I ever did a house for somebody who was handicapped. And yeah. now you're just, it's just snowballed from there. One of my drywall buddies actually called me 10 years ago and uh, said to me that his son-in-law just got home from Afghanistan and was suffering from PTSD and everything else. And I said, what are they doing for him? He goes, not a lot. Said they sent him to Ottawa, gave him a medal, but he says he comes home and he doesn't even know how to deal with my daughter or his baby. And I said, well, there's got to be more wounded. We don't hear about the wounded. No, we only no. hear about the ones that have given it all, right? So we looked into it more, did some more research, and we found out there were, at that point there was probably about 50, 60 that had lost limbs put it into motion and away we go. I love it. Fantastic. No, had to go charity. through all the, had to go through all the red tape with all the military. Okay. Just a real quick little sure. fun little thing. So when we were doing this, we had, uh, we had a conference call with Ottawa with all the military, the big wigs. So it was my brother and I, I think Jeffrey was maybe with <laughs> us. And anyway, so we're on there and, conference call comes on we're sitting in our office and one person comes on she goes well i'd like to introduce the table and this is really like straight as an arrow shit right <laughs> military so they're going you know um, colonel such and such you know captain general this blah, 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 blah. <laughs> right goes through this whole like five minutes going around the table and everybody's so then it comes to my brother, and he goes, yeah, Daryl Carrick, you know, Reynolds for Heroes. So I go, fuck, I can't do this. I said, James T. Kirk of the USS Enterprise. <laughs> <laughs> 
it was dead silence. Like it was for an hour. Nobody said, but it was only a minute. And then I heard, <laughs> I go, come on, guy, serious. And then I heard a few little laughs. I said, come on, lighten up. This is all, you know, we got to be able to work together here. <laughs> so I take it one of your favorite shows was Star Trek. <laughs> Jesus. You're not out of this game yet. No. No. Christ, no. What am I going to do? Sit at home? No, man. You're not out of this game yet, <laughs> no. man. You know what? You know what? I mean, as much as I would like, you know, to do what we just talked about, you know, maybe do some shelters and stuff and to help the, uh, the soldiers off the street, because there's about 4,000 across Canada. I did not know that. Yeah, that are, that are living out in the streets and homeless right now. So, you know, I would really like to, after this is all over, want to work with, get a hold of Doug Ford and John Tory and see what we can do, right? But you know what? I would really like to know maybe do something and maybe this is something the three of us can do together is you know have a weekend or have something where these young guys are you know that want to get into this business and you know we just sit up there and let them pick our brains kind of like what you guys are yeah. doing to me now yeah exactly and um and you know give them this give them this knowledge or whatever you want to call it advice or just hey you know what this is this is what you need to know going into this right wisdom i guess right it's, it's so true everyone's experience is different right are and you game carlito i think we're already working on that but we don't want to surprise anyone <laughs> <laughs> um but it and it's funny you say that because we sat down and at the time that we started this podcast i was so bitter at the industry and the tradesmen that i had to deal with i wasn't no one taught me this i had to learn the hard way and it was costing me it's costing me mentally and physically yeah. and you really need to talk and learning mistakes like like me asking you questions how to deal with customers and you know what to change in a client these are such important things that nobody gets to hear everyone's afraid to have these conversations in right. public he's right. getting too serious i want to ask a really serious important <laughs> question wait Jim, now you're here. getting serious <laughs> no this, this is a valuable question I, there's I, only I, one left let him cross it off <laughs> oh, hey, by, by the way I, i'm in jim okay all right we're, we're in we're, we're in. in are you a pickup truck guy are you a van oh, guy oh, what on. pickup truck guy are you <laughs> ford <laughs> oh no, you're not what are you I am Ford. You are Ford? Yeah. But, I, but, but, but I was a GM man. <laughs> and they pissed me off. Oh. <laughs> I'm not a GM guy. I'm a sprinter, man. So, uh, yeah. Well, no, I can't, I can't do the van. I can't. I, my first, when I first started, I bought an old one ton, horrible green bell van for 800 bucks. And that's how I started my business. That's wicked. I love maybe, it. Green? Yeah, it was that horrible bell green. <laughs> maybe maybe that's the reason why the bathroom was green here? <laughs> no, it had nothing to do with me. Man. <laughs> no, that's great to hear. Um, yeah, no, you know what? Right now, we, yeah, we're um, do the forward thing. Yeah. You know what? They've been... Uh, I'm sure your guys are old school, so I'm sure most of your guys are, are pickup truck guys. Yeah, most of them are, yeah. A lot of the young guys are van guys, man. They're all decking them out with everything inside there, all the kitchen cabinets and everything. Like, there's mostly pickups that show up at our job site. Really? Yeah. I I got my. So I bought the Ford where Mike actually got his first one. I don't know Oakville. What, Oakville. Yeah. Yeah. Oakland. Oakland Ford. Yeah. So yeah. I probably bought 
10. Wow. Already from him. Again, like GM pissed me off and I had, you know, then I just couldn't deal, deal with them anymore. You know, it's funny. It's Rogers the same way from techno metal post. Oh yeah. He's got his fleet. They were all GM at one time. Then he got pissed off or something. He switched them over to Fords. And then, so here you are, you know, you deal with GM for all your life. Your dad, yes, your yes, dad, your yes. GM, 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 GM had like, I don't know, had three work trucks from GM, my own personal truck, all the other trucks before that. And I had the 2008 Avalanche and I loved it. It was that, you know. I love that window in the back. That yeah, just, I know. Like, it was cool. And I did, it was a you know, smart the, idea for a vehicle. The lease was coming up and I was way over on the mileage because we were doing the show and I was doing the cottage at the time. So I just boom, 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 boom. So I said, you know, I want to keep this. So the lease was coming up and I didn't want to end up paying the huge penalty for all the mileage, right? So I said, just let me buy it out. And they said, well, okay, well, here's the buyout is whatever, 27,000. I go, okay, okay, 27,000. Okay, let's talk about this a little bit. The book value is 21. So why don't I give you, let's just meet halfway. Why don't I give you more than halfway? I'll give you 25. No, got to have 27. I said, if I don't take this and I pay the penalty, I said, you're going to turn around and put it on wholesale and probably sell it for 19 just get rid of it. And he said, then you're going to have one pissed off customer yeah. who will never come back. He goes, oh, well. I said, so that's how you feel? He goes, wow. He says, you're threatening me. I said, no, I'm not threatening you. I'm just, well, yeah, I am threatening you. <laughs> <laughs> and I never went back. Since then. But he called up a year later. He said, hey, Jim, are you, are you looking for a truck? He said, no, fuck you, Bell. I'm into a Ford. I know how I got the Ford. Driving along, QE. He said, ah, at midnight, so I'm going to go and have a look at it because I like to look at cars when there's no salesman around, right? There, they're all on the front lawn, right, on Tafalgar. And I go to this white limited, and I go, oh, okay, I'll just grab the door. Things open. So I get in. Okay, this is great. This is awesome. You know, midnight figure. Okay, great. Close the door, drive away. Call him up next morning. I said, can I speak to your general manager please so i get this guy lou on the phone and he just happened you know so i said hey lou's jim carrick and he goes hey yeah you're that guy right i go yeah i'm that guy, guy. oh my god right? i know where this is going so i i <laughs> said to him i said look lou i said if if i were you i would want to know what's happened out on your front lawn he goes what's that i said i came and looked at your white truck the limited he goes nice truck eh? i said yeah it's beautiful inside too he goes, what do you mean inside? <laughs> I go, I was in it. He goes, you were in it? What time did you come here? I said, I don't know, just after midnight. <laughs> I said, that's why I'm calling you. I said, so whoever is in charge of locking your cars, you made the sale. So. He goes, come on in, man. And then he told me, I was, oh, yeah, I just sold Mike a Mustang or something. Yeah. I don't know. Something. The right? boss. Yeah, Is it the boss? Yeah, the yeah. 302 boss, yeah. So I bought everything from him. So he calls me like every year and a half. Okay, Jim, here, let me get put you into a new one. It's going to cost you nothing to get out of this one. So it's wow. It costs, it's customer service. It's fantastic yeah. service. It, actually, I get my truck service there too. Do you? I got a 450 and they have a commercial division. So uh, Who'd you that, buy from? I bought it privately. Unfortunately, oh. I'm I, I'm not at the uh, high level yet where I can just buy things out cash. Well, no, you lease them, man. That's why they don't cost you. Lease, I don't. I don't baby. believe. I don't believe in leasing. This truck is 
already made its money and still making me money. See, so. with, with the lease for us, that he'll call me up and say, okay, what's the mileage? This, great, bring it in, put you in the new one. It's I'm a, in agreement. It costs you nothing. I, I, I go into a new car, a new vehicle that's two years newer for maybe 50 bucks more. Yeah, my problem is I can't, like you, with houses, I can't just have a normal vehicle and not touch it. Always do stupid things to it, like stereo systems or okay. change it. So I always personalize my vehicle because I spend so well, much I do time too. in it. I mean, I do too. And, and then, then I don't want to lose it. I, I do the wheels. Then I just pull the wheels off <laughs> and I put them on a new one. I like that. Yeah. No, I can't drive a, a, like a stock anything. Uh, what do you prefer your guys using at work? A van or pickup truck? What is more realistic? Um, pickup. Really? We, yeah, we have our we have our own trailers pickup here that we use for the boys if they want it, they can come get it. Nice. But most of the stuff we you know we use we try to get it delivered and everything, right? Can I ask you some questions on some of the materials you use? Sure. What's your go to for paint? Standard Benjamin Moore. Hmm. That's what all that's what I'll say, but painters usually come up with something different. Okay. They all have their picks, right? Drywall, you like certainteen or a CGC? To me, that doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. At uh, all, no, man. no. As long as it looks good when it's up. I'm liking yeah. these. Keep on fire them out, man. What typically do you use for uh, your roofing? Going more to steel. Really? Yeah, because there's the steel shingle look now. So Vic West has that. Um, there's one that's called. Uh, there's a Summerside, and then there's one with the granular on it, which is the Granite Ridge, which we use a fair bit. You ever get clients complaining about? heavy rainfall and tinging sound it doesn't no. happen no no i've heard it with some steel some some i know some so but that just tells me that you don't have any insulation in your attic that's true too right who do you well, like to I, use for trim brenlo you like brenlo eh i haven't and, been to the new place yet you haven't found a new place i know where it is but i haven't been in it yet oh their new place the new location yeah it's pretty cool yeah right off the four uh, 427 there yeah for the 409 yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've dealt I, with them for we've dealt with them for a long time. I was very excited that you like MDF. Obviously, do you use wood a lot? Do you use poplar or maple for your trim? Yeah, what? yeah, we, we use poplar for the uh, for the trim for sure. You know, for the casings, window casing stuff. MDF, like you just stick to like wainscoting and so yeah. on. I mean, if we're making old style, like the old style trim, where it's just a two legs and then you put your pediment across the top. Then we'll just do it out of MDF. Door heights, do you have a preference that you like? Go All depends taller. on ceiling height. What do you usually go for for ceiling heights? The new new builds are usually 10 feet now. So eight foot doors. Wow. Nine, Nine foot on, on second, second floor. Yeah. Yeah. And then you don't and go. Then I'll go to a seven. A seven door. Yeah. Yeah. To me, I like, I don't like the door. Like some, there's some jobs that we had to use a nine foot door. In a 10 foot, on a 10 foot ceiling. It's too tight to the crown. Yeah. Then you bring your crown and you put your, then you put your casing and then yeah. you end up with maybe two inches of wall paint. It's too I tight. Mean, it doesn't, it looks like somebody's made a mistake um, to me. What do you think about pocket doors? Good in certain cases. <laughs> where, where do you like to use them? <laughs> I'm just trying to figure out the kind of builder for people to listen to. And yeah. You know what? I mean, it, it all boils down if you don't have the space. So powder rooms, en suites. What track are you guys using? Crowders? Yeah. Yeah, they're nice. Hardware-wise, what are you guys going? You guys going Baldwin or are you guys going Mtech? Again, we go. We work with Barcrest. So, what are they? What's what's that one that they carry? Ari. 
I don't know. And then we just used M-Tech actually on our last jump. Are you using any trim tech stuff or are you still sticking with the old steel corner beads and so on? Or has that kind of been a changeover in, in your custom homes? Again, that, you know, that's up to the drywallers, I guess. Yeah, because they have to service it. They have to warrant it. So yeah, leave it to them. Yeah. How often do you find yourself doing level fives? More so now, maybe not the whole house, but definitely where there's natural light. What are you doing? For- See, like in a nat, like in a foyer, I'll try to push them to do this because I'll just put the drywall on, then I'll put a quarter inch of MDF on. Oh, quarter inch, nice yeah, and thick. That's all MDF. Some and guys I- only do one eighth, but you're going quarter yeah. inch, nice and rigid. Yeah, yeah. And then we, and then we do our styles and rails like that. What are you doing for uh, flooring these days? Uh, we use a place up not far from here, so it's all engineered. It makes sense, engineered. Like I don't know who. That wants to use solid wood from Brazil or something. There's like, there's no sense in yeah, using that stuff yeah. anymore. I mean, I try to, again, try to find out where it's from and I, you know, try to keep to North America. For sure. I kind of caught earlier on that you were very proud of your uh, HVAC system. I'm wondering, do you have radiant heat in most of your houses? Yeah, we and do. In um, what areas? Mostly the basement. And, you know, if, People can afford it. They'll do other areas, but they will just use the, like the new heat mats for the That's bathrooms right. wherever yeah. there's tile. Right? Are you are, are you a Schluter guy? Yep. Stand up showers. Do you are you doing curbless now, or do you find they're that getting you're more st- and more? We're starting to yeah. Uh, what are you doing for bedroom main, like the very top floor? Are you doing any pot lights in the ceilings or we do? Yeah. You, again, covered. They want sometimes they want these things covered ceilings. So we'll do pot lights around the perimeter and then a fan or something hanging. Well, you know what I want to know? I want to know all those questions, but back in the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> what okay. were the bathrooms? How were you doing bathrooms back then? I guess they were all dry pack, rubber oh, membrane. Oh, it was old school, man. For yeah. sure. It was all like that, huh? Yeah. Cement board? Cement board. Or green board. Uh, no, I, no, never use green cement board. board. Yeah, I, still, I, I still get in trouble for Manny that I still like doing dry pack. <sighs> <laughs> Most today's day and dry pack, right? Really? Yes. It's easy to do foam, a foam no, tray. Well, well, you know what? This is, I'll be honest. Okay, when we used the Schluter system, it's never big enough, so we dry packed the yeah, edges. Yeah, and totally. You know, I, do I take what I need out of it. Yes, and then I dry pack the rest. It's around called it, custom. Right? That's what <laughs> it's called. Yeah. Well, I, I never, I never used their curbs. They're too no, high, too big. I threw them out. I'm like, yeah. guys, nobody needs a curve anymore, man. These aren't yeah. bathtubs. These Just are showers. Just give me the pan. That's yeah. all I want. That's all it yeah. is. What are you doing for HVAC? Lennox. Lennox? Yeah. And it's all forced air always? Yeah, mostly. You, you get a lot of clients asking for on-demand? Or are they still going yeah. on hot water tanks? No, no, some mask. But a lot of Kohler products, like especially bathtubs, man, they specifically say in the warranty that you, you got to use a tank on on-demand, right? So you got to use a tank instead. It says it in, I've actually, I took the time to actually read it. It's got to use what? A hot water tank. <laughs> They're saying you, you should use an on, hot water tank with this bathtub to fill it up instead of an on-demand. Because the on-demand can't keep up. Can't keep up. I, I've said that to clients before, back when these for things first came out. He said, these things can only do whatever, two, three gallons a minute, yes. warm it up. Yes. But then you got this badass rain shower head that pumps out five gallons a minute. Like you need so a tank. True. It doesn't work. Yeah. I love going to the, all the trade shows and going all t- to every single manufacturer and asking them, tell me an uh, instant system that does not have that issue. 
Right. And none of them can. No. They always tell you, well, you know, you could set up a, a tank. Okay, all right. So you want me to set up a tank with your Insta? See, I learned the hard way. I had two girls that were 45-minute <laughs> showers. Exactly. And I'd get, you know, and when they the shower till it runs out. Fuck. And then I'd go, I'd go to shower and freeze to death. <laughs> and um, and that was with a that was a with a you know a sixty gallon. Yeah. So now we don't there's don't even ask. It's like my HVAC guy knows that seventy five. That's it. Or yeah. you get into the commercial land where you get yeah. a hundred what hundred and twenty yeah. or hundred and forty. You can. But it's, we like the combi core, right? So we can yeah. use the 75 with yeah. the radiant too, right? So just so, you know, talking about the HVAC system, we do a little different when we do the forest air. What do you guys do? We run the main, two mains, a return and a supply up into the attic, and it will supply the second floor. And then the ductwork in the basement will do the basement. And the main floor. And the main floor. So there's no bulkheads. Interesting. But it won't work unless you have it all set up with motorized dampers. So it's a two-zone system with one furnace. So how it works, easily explained, you have a thermostat up in your second floor, wherever it is, and you have one on on the main. Summertime, second floor is always warmer. You can push it, call it, whatever temperature you want. It adjusts the dampers in the basement because the basement's always the coolest and it forces the air up. So in that house I just sold, between the basement and the second floor, it was maybe a degree and a half difference. Wow. That's what I love about zones, man. What I yeah. like about but that, that is adds we're, about talking, we're talking to a custom builder. That's the differences in a custom home. Like we talk about what makes a custom home. These are things that make a custom home. What are you talking home. about? There's hundreds right. and thousands of custom home builders in the greater. Sure there is. <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm talking about the finishes. <laughs> but I mean, but that's an upcharge, right? Of course. You know, it's probably about a $10,000 upcharge on a regular house. People don't want to pay that until it's explained. I mean, our HVAC system's always higher than everybody else. But the now, return. Why do you do that? Is it for saving space or more efficiency? More efficiency. And now, I should have said earlier, so on that house that I just sold, it originally was designed with two furnaces. One in the basement, one on the second floor. Doing the net zero ready, eliminated one furnace, took the main furnace down to an 80,000 BTU, and it did the whole house. 3,800 square feet, first and second, and then 2,000 square feet in the basement because they built underneath the garage. So the whole basement was all square footage walkout. I like that. I like that they built underneath the, the garage. I never understood. I do. Every every house I, I, that I, I do for I, myself, always under there. I hate that they just backfill it in. I'm like, this is such a valuable space, man. It costs you an extra 10, 15 grand for yeah, the slab. Right? Might as That's well. It. So uh, do you put everything in there, all your mechanical? Oh, underneath the base? That's no. right. No. Because it's too hard to get out with, with all the concrete. Oh, I see. Yeah. Okay. So I either turn it into a, what do you call it, a theater room or... Because you just insulate the thing, and that's why I always say to clients. It actually your, becomes an ideal. Put theater. your kids in there because the the garage is above there. Exactly. Nobody's gonna bother you, right? Wow, it's a brilliant idea. I think there's child. You're, you're, you're giving out trade secrets now. Trade secrets, <laughs> and, and you know what? And put carpet in it. 
you know what I was going to leave? That'll I deaden didn't, the sound. I didn't expect you to be a carpet guy, are you? I'm not. Okay. But in certain but in that rooms, area. In that area, right? In right. that area. You also don't strike me, and you'll probably surprise me. <laughs> do you like skylights, and do you put them in? Are you on social media or what? No. I just did I'm my, working too much. <laughs> I just did my <laughs> post today. Did you? Yeah, yeah, I like skylights. But I don't, when I do a skylight, not in that, because it wasn't my house. But when I do a skylight, it looks like this. With Coffert. Yeah. We because do, we it, makes it, yeah. it makes sense. Yeah. It makes sense. I hate the shaft, especially if it's really... I, I hate the shaft too. Oh, right. sorry. Wrong story. <laughs> <laughs> and I hate getting shafted. <laughs> I, uh, I saw that one coming uh, a mile away, man. Sorry, that's pouring up. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, bu- I'm building a bed and breakfast in uh, Prince Edward County. I am planning to do the whole closet ceiling with one skylight. Oh, yeah? So that way, when you walk into your walk-in closet, it's bam, That's sky. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. I, don't, I don't think people realize how much time you give people of your personal time and your family time. Like You give so much time to general public, and they just don't realize how hard it is for you guys. Like You're uh-huh. talking about going to forward shopping. I know that you can't walk into a deep or a Lowe's. You'll never get out of there. You know, not anymore, man. Yeah. Nobody knows. No. I'm too so, old. I, I'm glad I, I we, Manny got you in here and I, I got you to myself finally. <laughs> oh, that's great. Well, it's a pleasure, man. It's, it's, it's a lot of fun. But I, I, I got, but I enjoyed, I really enjoyed doing the home shows, meeting and, the people. I, they had to pull me off the stage. Like, really? I mean, I shit bricks when I first started. You know, the first five minutes, because if you got to read the crowd, and if they're shit crowd, then <laughs> But, you know, you throw a little joke out and, you know, in the odd time I would use Mike, I would go out and I'd go, how you doing everybody? I'm Mike Holmes. (laughs) 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 Oh shit, forgot my overalls. (laughs) (laughs) So then you see what they're all about. And then, you know, I had a blast with them because I, I love questions. I would rather do questions. Than a presentation. Than a presentation. Totally. Because that can lead you into so many different ways. So many different things. You got to get on digital. You got to get full time on digital because I sure there's thousands of guys are going to reach out and ask you questions, man. They're going to constantly ask you questions. I get asked all the time. He's slowly getting asked because he's not on it all the time. But the kids want to know, man. The kids want to speak to somebody. You know what? I've had a few guys call, you know, younger guys come up and just, Jim, can I take you out for a coffee and just want to pick your brain? No problem. You know, if I can't do it. I mean, one guy just six months ago called me up and said, can I take you for a coffee? I said, you know what? Busy as shit. Come on in the office. I'll give you an hour. And he came in. That's amazing. Yeah, it was great. I mean, I love whatever I can pass on. I'd like to pass on. I mean, I'd like to leave something, right? You know, Christ, I'm an old. Oh, you're going to leave lots. Here we, here we go. I've already, like, I know that you've told me before that people have called you the grandfather of construction. Yeah. And I'd like to think it that you're. Be, you should change it to the godfather. The godfather <laughs> of construction. Exactly. Nobody ever messed with Vito. Okay. There you go. Nobody ever messed with go. Jim. Yeah. On that note, we want to thank you very much, Jim. Wait, wait, does that mean we have to bring him back again? We're probably going to do more shows, man. <laughs> you no, might but, have to wheel me in next time. <laughs> well thank you jim thank you very much for your time man this has been a pleasure speaking to you for like these two shows and getting a lot of valuable information to everybody my pleasure man no this has been lots of fun fun. i think that you should ask him his handle again oh yeah so we're talking about at jim carrick for instagram and at carrick hall for instagram yeah 
www.carrickhall.com. Yes. Perfect. And, and an email to get a hold of anybody if they're actually looking to buy or build a house. And yeah, it's all on the, it's on all on the, the website. On the website. Yep. And yeah. the charity one more time because I think Sorry. it's fantastic. Reynolds what for you're Heroes, doing. guys. The charity Reynolds for Heroes, and it is www.reynoldsforheroes.org. Correct. That's perfect. And that you guys are doing amazing things. And you know what? We should all get together. We should get the powers of be. Yeah. Get the political influence I, in there and start making some noise. Let's do a podcast for Reynolds for Heroes, man. That'd be awesome. Let's do that yeah, one and just focus really awesome. on talk a lot more about that and actually bring up a lot of the guys that you guys have uh, helped out. But you know what? A lot of a lot of these guys don't want any recognition right they're so proud they're just it's hard enough for them to even come and ask for help it's usually somebody else asking for them and they don't even know right and doing yeah, right point oh i mean they're just amazing like i had this you know at the gala just last month i had uh, one of the last recipients we had and he you know he, he lost both his legs and an arm and he was in the reserves. He signed, he volunteered for this. Wow. And he was the inspiration, right? Just so inspiring and, you know, just, it's amazing, man. It's yeah. amazing. Let's see what we can do. Yeah. I like that. We finally. What? It's always been we. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much, Jim. And you got to get us out of uh, here. You got to? Yeah. Got to. Oh, Thank you, Jim. Thank you again so much, man. Really appreciate the time, the conversation, the laughs. Well, maybe upset a few people. Who cares? <laughs> I didn't mean to upset anybody. We meant to upset people. Now, it's been great. Thank you very much, Jim, and we'll see you soon for sure. Thank you. 416, T.O., baby. Jim Carrick. <laughs>